scripture for today will be offered to us in a different kind of way. As you may see, we say this is a different experience. So the word will come from on high through an audio Bible called The Message. Hear the Luke passage through The Message. Amen. That same day, two of them were walking to the village Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem. They were deep in conversation, going over all these things that had happened. In the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them, but they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, What's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? They just stood there, long-faced, like they had lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happened during the last few days? He said, What has happened? They said, The things that happened to Jesus, the Nazarene. He was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death and crucified him. And we had our hopes up that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it is now the third day since it happened. But now some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with the story that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check and found it empty just as the women said, but they didn't see Jesus. Then he said to them, So thick-headed, so slow-hearted, why can't you simply believe all that the prophet said? Don't you see that these things had to happen? That the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into his glory? Then he started at the beginning with the books of Moses and went on through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to him. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. He acted as if he were going on, but they pressed him. Stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening. The day is done. So he went in with them. And here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them. Taking the bread, he blessed and broke and gave it to them. At that moment, open-eyed, wide-eyed, they recognized him. And then he disappeared. Back and forth they talked. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road, as he opened up the scriptures for us? A ghost doesn't have muscle and bone. They didn't waste a minute. They were up and on their way back to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their friends gathered together, talking away. It's really happened. The master has been raised up. Simon saw him. Then the two went over everything that happened on the road and how they recognized him when he broke the bread. Hallelujah, hallelujah. First and foremost, I'd like to just say thank you for coming and worshiping with us this morning. For the Holy Spirit is already present in this place. We thank God for all who have ministered thus far. Please give them a hand clap of praise. Before you arrived this morning, someone set the signs and someone set the seats and someone set the lights and but no one set the sun but the Holy Spirit. No one rose the sun like God. No one set a tone. No one put us on the road this morning for it wasn't your alarm clock that really woke you up. It was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. As we entered in this time, it's time to offer the word unto God. 
Gracious and loving God, I come this morning just thanking you for your mercy, your love, and your grace. For Lord, I ask that you would move me behind the cross and let the words of my mouth, that the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, dear Lord. Rain down your spirit into this place like it's never come down before. Oh, Father God, cover each household that is here. Cover each heart that is here. But Lord, more than anything, cover my words. But allow me to say the words, not that I want to say, but the words that come from you, dear Lord. We ask all this in your precious son Jesus' name. Nurture us. Keep us. In Jesus' name, amen. What a week we have had in the Lord, amen? I don't know what your week was like, but my week was exciting and awesome. And I tell you, it's like taking a journey like no other. Any of you ever traveled anywhere? Anybody travel? Raise your hand if you've traveled. When you travel, what do you have to do? You have to pack a bag. Unless you're going on the shopping tour of Mexico or around the world, you just carry a little suitcase and then you get out of town and the bag that's in the plane is the one you intend to fill with everything that you purchased. Amen. I haven't had an opportunity to have one of those, so if you had one, say amen, all right? But every time that we take a journey, we are wanting to see something. When you go to a new country, you want to see what that country has. If you go to a new community, you want to see what that has. The disciples were on a journey. And I want to talk about the fact that they were on a journey. And you see, on this journey, they had packed a bag. And if they were in 21st century, they'd carry a little cute bag. Amen? Not just any bag, but a little bag that was flexible a bag that could take them many places. And, and then if they were going to visit someone, they may actually carry a little present that they would give them when they arrived where they were because they wanted to be good hosts or hostesses when they were traveling. I mean, you don't want to just stay somewhere and person say, you can stay here, stay at my house, okay? Just stay at my house, it's okay. And then you are a terrible guest. Amen, you ever seen somebody who come to the house and you waiting for them to leave? You invited them with love, and you're trying to invite them out with love. Did you say you were staying two days or three? I know Christians, we don't do that, but every now and then we have to be honest with ourselves. We do run across a guest that's special. But a good traveler that's going to stay at someone's home, they have a, a little gift. And then when they travel, they have uh, various forms of transportation. In the 21st century, you can travel on the internet. You can travel in a car. You can travel on a plane. And uh, if they were traveling, they may travel on a motorcycle. So for the sake of this example, the people who are traveling today, they're traveling on various modes of transportation. They're only going seven and a half miles in the 21st century. Seven and a half miles is between the two exits from your house to the next house. Amen. You ever been on the highway? And that exit says, next bathroom, seven and a half miles. So literally, they were going from where they were traveling to Emmaus, and they were only going seven and a half miles. So I want you to put that in perspective because if you were on a motorcycle, you would be traveling pretty fast in that seven and a half miles. But the question is, can you see 
where you're going, who's there, and what you're supposed to learn. Can you see it? Sometimes when you're traveling real fast, what happens to your eyesight? It just blinked and it's gone. But sometimes you also travel pretty fast and not only can't you see, but you know you don't have the right glasses on. The doctor told you to get your glasses fixed three years ago. And because you're just a little uncomfortable with that look, you don't want that little line. All right, I know somebody, I'm talking to somebody with the little line in your glasses. You've been wearing the glasses that are far, the glasses that are near. These are the ones that you know you can't see with and they just go up and down. You know the glasses. I know I'm talking to somebody because there's somebody in here that's literally almost been blind all their life. And their eyes have gotten progressively worse and they're traveling and they cannot see. And they've been looking for the right pair of glasses. So I stopped this morning and said, can you see? Can you see? That's the name of the sermon this morning. Can you see yet? Can you see yet? Can you see anything yet? Can you see yet? We're on these roads, we're going different places, and we want to experience the speed of traveling fast. We want to go the distance where God has said to us to go, but we don't really want to see it. What if the road to Emmaus was a detour and you didn't see it? And you just kept going right on past that seven and a half mark. The reality today is we're going to talk about a little bit of traveling from the road to Emmaus, and the story goes a little something like this. There were two men who were spiritually blind. They couldn't see, and their blindness was a blindness of disbelief. Anybody ever disbelieve what God has? Oh, everybody here just takes God at the first value. Everything he said, you say, okay. So you're just a great spiritual walking, everlasting, have never doubted God on anything, but you lean on the shield saying, hey, I know my God is an awesome God. But the bottom line is sometimes we have that same moment of disbelief. And the bottom line, what happens when we have disbelief, sometimes we keep walking. And we walk to escape the pain that we're in today. So we take one more step and say, I hope it won't hurt tomorrow. The disbelief that these two men had, they disbelieved that Jesus would rise. They were so hurt, they said, I know he was the Messiah. Oh, I know he was the one. I can't believe I can't see that risen Savior. Doesn't anybody know what happened in Jerusalem this past week? My Savior died. And he hasn't risen yet. And doggone those women at the tomb, they say they saw him. I don't know about him. But they were on the road. They were walking and they were in pain. And then they ran into a man that they didn't even know was Jesus. So yet, they hadn't seen that that was the one that they were talking about. The one they were hurt because he had left them. I believed he was the one. I knew he was the one. I saw him go in the tomb. So maybe he's not the one. 
Have you believed in Jesus Christ and something happens different than you thought it was going to happen? And at the end of it all, you were hoping to see Jesus. You were hoping that your mother would raise. You were hoping for the miracle. You were hoping for that child to pass the second grade yet again. This is the second report card period you said you would bring those grades up. Mm -hmm. I need a miracle, and I need to see it, and my heart is disappointed. But they came to the road, and I want to talk about the fact that they came to a new road. And when they got to that road, there was an opportunity to gain sight. Somebody say, gain sight. sight. Now, I know if you take your glasses off, for the real glassware people, when you take your glasses off, you have an opportunity to hear something different. So, I mean, if you need to take your glasses off to get the sight in this sermon, you go right ahead and do that. Because sometimes we have to change our perspective because we cannot always see it in the naked eye, but God allowed us to see it in the spiritual eye, and our lives will be changed and transformed. What happened on the road to allow us to answer that question, can you see yet? Can you see yet? You may say, well, how are we getting to that part of the road? Can we see yet? The two men on the road to Emmaus were spiritually blind. They couldn't see the Jesus right in front of them. They couldn't see the Holy Spirit relationship right in front of them. Their fear, their pain, their anguish was so intense, they said, oh, my Jesus died but he was right in front of them because he had risen. So sometimes what is right in front of us is the risen Savior. For you see, if you look at verse 13 and 16, I'm not going to read it again, but that's the meeting. What happens when we meet Jesus and we don't know that Jesus is Jesus? If the truth be told, some of us are getting trouble in the mouth because we get a little loud with them and say, look, I don't know who this Jesus is. He was supposed to do X, Y, Z, and I don't think he's done it yet. I don't know if I'm going to keep on believing this Jesus. And Jesus right here in front of us. So this was kind of an interesting meeting. He didn't tell them who he was, but he knew something about them. And there was some comfort. There was some spirit. But he was meeting them, and they were unaware that it was him. Has Jesus ever met you in the parking lot of life? That person who walked up and and gave you a gift that you never expected to get and they don't know you and you don't never see them again, and poof, they disappear. Have you ever had a mystery meeting with Jesus, one you didn't plan, but he knew that you knew and he knew that he knew you, and all of a sudden, he showed up and showed out, and you said, oh, so that was Jesus. And then after there's the connection in the meeting, there's actually a conversation. Jesus talks to the people on the road to amaze. He has regular everyday conversation. Hey, man, what's going on with you? How's your life? How's the kids? What's going on, my man? He has regular everyday life conversation. Sometimes we have to take Jesus out of the rafters and all up in the sky and bring him down to everyday level and say, I need to talk to my Jesus. And it's good that he said, okay, I want to have a conversation with you. And you don't have to wait till he calls your secretary to call your secretary to get an appointment with the other secretary. He don't have to do call back, feedback, other back. He can just pick up and say, hey. And the conversation is real. And then after the conversation, he decides we're going to be friends. We're going to be comrades. We're going to hang. David say, hey, can you just stay a little while longer? Come on in and have dinner with the people. 
Why travel the road late at night? Come on in, Jesus. They still don't know who he is. But that's what the relationship here is about. We need to invite more people to just come on in. Be a friend with Jesus. Let him sit down and have dinner with you. Get close to you, and you get close to him. So it's more than just a meeting. It's beyond the conversation. There was that invitation for camaraderie. Stay with us a while, Jesus. Just come on in and stay tonight. And then go back and look at verses 30 and 32. I call it the wow zone. I call it the discovery zone. I call it the peace that reminds us that he broke bread. And they knew. Oh my God. He's the one. There's a one. He has risen. He is the one. He the man. He has risen from the dead. And he's right here in front of us. And guess what happened? Poof. The bread, the opportunity, the experience. They discovered that that is Jesus. And when they have a meal together and they break bread together and they go on to recognize how great is our God. They recognize the Holy Spirit. They recognize the presence of a most high God that all of a sudden he's gone. Has Jesus ever appeared in your life through a relationship, made his presence known? And it just seems like whoosh, he's gone. I don't think he was wearing the disguise. I don't think he had a smiley face on. And I don't think he traveled incognito. I don't think he wore a new faith cap. I, 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 don't, I don't think he uh, came and, and all of a sudden he just drifted down and he was an angel. I don't think he came like that. But however how he came to them, they realized that his presence was familiar. His presence was a presence of grace. His presence was a presence of love. His presence was a presence of humility. His presence was a presence of being available. How great is our God. So just as they traveled the road of unknown, they began to realize who they had just seen, who they had just experienced. And you know how it is when you get a great experience. What do you want to do? Call a sister, call a brother, call somebody else. And they traveled that seven and a half miles back to the place. They went back to Jerusalem and said, ah, we just seen Jesus. Do you know what we just experienced? It'd be late in the midnight hour. You'd be dialing on your cell phone trying to find somebody that you can tell that you just saw Jesus. Oh, my God. I experienced him, and he's out of the grave, and the women were right at the tomb. I mean, oh, my God, it just happened. It's real. How great is our God? So what does that mean to you and me? Have you ever been blinded by fear? Have you ever heard a word, and it stopped all over your toes? Have you ever wanted to be a part of a fellowship of believers, and nobody would take you right where you are? Have you ever wanted to connect in a way that is brand new? And the only thing that happens is somebody offers you a pair of sunglasses and says, stay fogged up. You don't need to see the truth. 
You don't have to see the clearness. You don't have to see yet. It's like going to the optician's office and the doctor says, can you see yet? Any letter is fine. Just click the lenses, I don't care. I don't need to see. Uh -uh. I don't want to, it's okay. And he's saying, good morning, my people. I don't want you to stay blind. I want you to see. I want you to see that I have plans for your life. I want you to see there's forgiveness. I want you to see that there's a healing. I want you to see there's recognition. I want you to see there's reconciliation. I want you to see there's restoration. I want you to see that there's newness in life. I want you to see that you can love your children. I want you to see that you can reconcile your marriage. I want you to see that your house won't get lost. I want you to see that you can be who I'm calling you to be. I want you to see. But will you say yes? Yes starts today, because at some point, we have to decide that blindness is a disease, and the true and living God can heal us. And he's saying, can you see yet? Can you see yet? Can you see yet? I want you to see, and I want you to see today. Gracious and loving God, we come to you right now asking that you would heal our blindness. Whether our blindness is a blindness from affliction, whether the blindness is a blindness that has been self-imposed, whether the blindness is a blindness based on fear. Father God, I come right now saying, rain down upon this house. Allow us to see like we've never seen before. And a most true and living God, I thank you that you are a merciful God, an awesome God, and a God that's doing Jesus' name we pray. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Do you have a place to walk out your faith journey? New faith is a brand new faith opportunity. We will be growing and continuing to grow, doing brand new kind of ways. Next Sunday, something else is going to happen. The Sunday after that is something else is going to happen. The room will always be different. The spirit of the present God will always be here. We pray that if you need us to speak another language, God will allow us to learn that so we can minister unto you in whatever language you come to us in. If you are in a situation that something is going on, this is a place for God is doing a new thing. The doors of new faith are open. If you want to find out more information after service, there'll be a yellow card. We'd love to get that card back from you so you can tell us a little bit about you. But if you want to become a part of this fellowship, you can come down and either take my hand, I'll give you a high five and say today is a new day. Or you can tell one of the launch team members, one way or the other, we want you to connect with this powerful move of God. And if you've come today just to celebrate the newness of life, I pray that God has been an awesome and wonderful God. Let us go forth and prepare. For we will break the bread together today. For new life is now.